You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that when it's Easter Sunday decide to have a great Friday instead. I am your host Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how you doing today? I'm doing great. You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Ryan? My maybe, maybe my it's intros? because what were you saying? What I said my saying? my intros, my intros. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but but I think what's funny is that I'm way more awake today than I am on like a usual Sunday. Yeah, that's true. That I, I can feel I can feel the energy. You're you're bringing that but to be fair, most Sundays you are you have spent wait, staying awake till like 4 in the morning maybe. Uh Now listen. You're right. <laughs> it's not your fault that you cover Joshi the the thing you happen to like the most is Joshi wrestling that happens to take place in Japan, which happens to be always have a show at like one in the morning for us. Does you were just you were just born as Lady Gaga once said, you were just born this way. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. I don't know the rest of the song, so I'm gonna stop. Well, uh, without with that out of the way. <laughs> Uh, we thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Again, we are here on Friday instead of this sun- upcoming Sunday because it's Easter, and uh, instead we're going to do a good Friday. And also, I got in-laws coming into town, and uh, I was told I cursed too much, so maybe... Uh, As we like to say, <laughs> if we move the day, it's probably Ryan's fault. That is true. That is that is very, very true. I, we've I, never said that before on the show, so actually, and I don't think we've ever said that to each other, so actually, we don't like to say that. I just don't like saying that. Today. But we do have it ascribed to a throw pillow that we that Scotty has on his couch. That He has that phrase uh, ascribed to a throw pillow in his house. Yeah, I do. I do, actually. I'll, I would show you guys, but... Um, it is a, it's an audio my, podcast, so you can't... My really, dog ate it. <laughs> my dog ate my pillow. Um... Wow, what a what a rousing start! Hot there are people start. there are people at work right now who are just just foaming at the mouth to hear our takes, and instead we're talking about throw pillows. Uh, and I don't know whose fault that is, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. You don't know whose fault that is? <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Scotty, we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing great stuff. Hey, it's like, I, I'm excited because, I will say this, I'm excited because obviously we have, I think we have a great show ahead of us today. But also, hey, I never guarantee greatness. I uh, I was born for it, uh, as Daniel Bryan song once told me. Um, well done. Well done. Thank you. And I am also excited because we, uh, I am finishing up the show I was working on, the TV show I was working on. My last day is this coming Monday, so now that means you and I are going to be going headlong if this if there's ever a better time to subscribe to ring post radio on on a- apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you get your your podcast player of choice now's a good time to do so if there's ever a time to subscribe to the patreon maybe not like immediately right now but may may seems like a good time to maybe uh to, to hop on board because uh i'm gonna have a shit ton of free time and uh scotty this really won't have more free time, but he will. Ha- I will have more ability, so we'll be starting to record uh, season two. Maybe Ryan hasn't seen anything. We started season it. seven, actually. If we add five, correct. Good job. Good math. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're gonna work on. I'm gonna try to work on getting us some interviews because I. Uh, we gotta continue that trend. Uh, yeah, but, who? That sounds like a good job for you because I don't do those. No, you've never done an interview in your life. You don't know how to talk nope. to talk to wrestlers at all. Um, nope. But we'll try to see if we can get some stuff that um, for you folks now that I'm free. So, like I said, if there's ever a time to subscribe to Ring Post Radio, that's now's gonna be the time, especially the podcast player stuff, because those if we get wrestler interviews, we're able to secure those and we publish those. That'll just be on the audio. We're not going to obviously live stream that. That feels awkward to do with the with a wrestler's time. But uh, yeah, no. So I think now's the perfect time of any time to join us on a Ring Post Radio adventure. Without further ado, I think it's time to get to the proper show, Scotty. Uh, the proper show, of course. Lots of topics to discuss. We're of Ryan, course, can I ask you a question? Oh, already? We're going to do it. Uh, right as I'm starting to get into it, you're, we're separating, well, but that's fine. would be right if we did it? Would it be right if we no? Did. That's the Ring Post Radio guarantee. What do you want to talk about? Ooh, <laughs> you! <laughs> I'm starting to talk about the discussions, and you stopped me full there to say what I talk. Oh, uh, what I want to talk about, of course, Scotty. Thank you so much for asking, because I would not be able to start the show without you asking. Uh, and that is, of course. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Sakura Genesis, the New Japan show happening tomorrow. We're going to talk about AEW All In, a show happening in August. All in August. Uh, I even say ballsy show happening in August. Real ballsy show. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jay White Watch officially being over. Uh, we're also going to talk about, uh, we didn't talk about WrestleMania Night 2 on our last show, so we're going to talk about a little bit of that. Uh, a little bit cold, so we're going to just talk about the stuff that we liked, maybe stuff we didn't like, and a little bit of fallout from that. Uh, and a little chi- bit of fallout? A little bit of the chicken gate um, that came out of that. Um, and, uh, of course, you might have heard this story. It might be the biggest story in the history of wrestling. Uh, a little thing that we like to call the merger of WWE and the UFC. Now that Endeavor will be the majority shareholders of WWE. So, we will start with that topic. It is the biggest topic 
probably ever since maybe the sale of WCW. I don't know. Brawl WCW. Out was like Brawl Out was like a big story, but this was like a big. This is a big financial story. Um, so there, there's a lot ah. to talk about here. Did you hear that? Did you hear yourself? Ah, what wrestling fans love more than a big financial story. I mean, ah. look, man, some people are into it. WrestleNomics has fans. WrestleNomics, great. They do great work. That's why they are WrestleNomics. And I'm fixing my hat on a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so There's something in my eye. Okay, well, I'll I'll get to the premise here. So it's a big old show, big old topic point. I have a shit ton of notes about it. I have a dossier of notes about this. Ooh, 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 ooh a little dossier a little action. Dossier of notes here. Uh, so uh, I'm just gonna go through the notes, and I'll probably do my various asides as I'm saying them. But Scotty, in classic fashion, there's ever a point where you want me to pause to uh, to to talk to get more in depth about a certain topic or a certain line in the notes, a little line in the dossier. You know, just tell me to pause and just we cut will you off like I always do. Gotcha. Cut me off as you always do, and we'll get into it. So let's talk about the WWE UFC merger. So WWE is set to be acquired by Endeavor and merge with the UFC as a newly, newly publicly traded company, uh, potentially named TKO. That's still kind of up in the air. If regulators approve the deal, it will be completed by years end. That's right. It's not being sold to the Saudis. It's not being sold to any streamers. Well, maybe not. Maybe not their TV rights, but we'll get to that. Um, it's not being sold to Disney. It's not Comcast. It's been sold to Endeavor. Um, Endeavor. The plan, as first reported, is to combine WWE and UFC into a publicly traded spinoff company. Endeavor will remain in place, owning fifty-one percent of the company, while the other forty-nine percent will be owned by WWE shareholders. So, if you own stock, you still own. The company just, it's worth half, I guess. Your stock is worth half, maybe. I don't. I don't know how stock really works in that sense. Anyways, we're not wrestling comics. Get out of here. Uh, WWE's enter- enterprise value was reported as nine point three billion, with UFC carrying an enterprise value of twelve point one billion, putting this new company at just north of a twenty-one billion dollar valuation. I, I'll just my aside here is just that you know as many things to talk about in regards to Vince McMahon. There is an element there of the man did ultimately take a $1 billion company uh, when he first bought it. $1 million. $1 million, thank you. <laughs> $1 million company when he first bought it from his dad into a $9.3 billion company. That involved a lot of destroying the territories, buying competition, uh, a lot of back, 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 you know, secret handshakes, uh shady crap that to hide and a lot of stuff like that and but he ended up doing it he flipped that company to be 9.3 billion and to flip into a new company with the ufc into a 21 billion dollar valuation so you cannot knock the man there i guess i don't know on a cnbc interview vince mcmahon was asked about his role in creative and will he be involved vince at the time, again, this was recorded on Sunday, so keep that in mind. Vince said, quote, yes and no, and that he would remain at a, remain at a higher level, but not in the weeds. Should be noted that when uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff took over Raw and SmackDown, booking respectively around, I believe it was 2019, at the time, Vince also stated that he will no longer be booking in the weeds. 
Um, so uh, how long did that? Liar! Is that your pause? <laughs> yeah, it's time to pause. I let you. I let you say a lot. Um, so I want to jump in now. Ah uh, ha ha ha! One, Mustachio McMahon is a absolute nightmare to look at. He looks like a. <laughs> he looks like a like. I can't say that on here. Never mind. He, um, he, he looks like the usual villain that like plays the commander of an army. Yeah. And wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe that army is extra bad sometimes. If you know what I'm saying, I'm not gonna say it on air, but you know what I'm. You may know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe designed during World War II. Just, just a hint. Uh, he looks awful. He looks um, like he's going through a midlife crisis, which is terrifying because he's in his seventies. Yeah, he's in his seventies, about to turn eighty, like very soon enough. He um, looks like you remember Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, he looks like Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let's get into let's get into the grasp of this, right? Let's talk about the sales. Obviously, a big deal, huge deal. Play it simple. Uh, yeah. WWE will never be the same again. That's just well, that's just a fact. Unless you listen to Triple H, of course. But continue. Ah, yes, yes, because W, yeah, WWE's not going anywhere. So, so this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen for a company, right? Because mm-hmm. for a wrestling company, not I, listen. I'm sure other companies have went through dramatic change, but just think about this. On Saturday, we talked about the show on. Sunday morning. Saturday, they had the world by the you know what's they they were cruising. They had a phenomenal WrestleMania. And ever since we finished recording, it has been news and shit and bad and and Vince McMahon coming back. It it couldn't have gotten worse since that moment. It feels like the because company took a complete 180 in the matter of two episodes of Ring Post Radio. It, it's like they said, ah, you know, we're, we're going good right now. Let's ruin that. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Uh, it's incredible how dramatically a company can change in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. 24 hours. They went from on top of the world to this company stinks. Get them out of my face. They suck. It all started with the main event. It all started with the main event. But ho, 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 little did people know that was the least of your problems. There were many more problems on the horizon. I love Vincent Kennedy McMahon and his bullshit. Uh, we'll get to the we'll get to the creative side in a few minutes. He already hinted at it that he would he wouldn't be in the weeds. That motherfucker could be closer to the weeds if he was the weed itself. <laughs> Shut up. He's in the he's deep in the weed. He he is the weed. He is the weed, and the weed is ruining the shit. If you ever wanted to see the difference between a Triple H run show and a Vince McMahon run show, you just got to watch Raw this past week, folks, because on the biggest Raw of the year, it fucking stunk. It was terrible. This guy couldn't be worse at his job if he tried. But you know what? It's okay because he just walked out with millions of dollars because in the end, who wins? Vince McMahon 
wins because the world is cruel, folks. You know, you know that great song, uh, the, the theme song of Eddie Kingston, The World is Cold. Oh, it sure is cold, folks. This stinks. And that's why we are sitting here talking about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Do you remember, do you remember, Ryan, when, when, uh, when he got in trouble and he, you know, he re- retired and I said, you know, I would love if I never had to talk about this guy again. When you say he got in trouble, you mean the multiple sexual yes. allegations and harassment yes. claims well, against him? Well, I, I only say in trouble because that's how it's been treated. It's just a slap on the wrist all of a sudden, you know, yeah. all those things that would, you know, pretty much end a person's career. Well, this is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He is a billionaire. He is all this stuff. Scotty, you have to remember the man made mistakes. We, let's, uh, it's just, they're just simple mistakes, mistakes he know. made he made a little oopsie poopsie uh, oh yeah no big oh, deal yeah. he wasn't just a complete utter scumbag nope he just he just just did a little something nope that's it nothing i think it's it's i hate this guy it's <laughs> fascinating how much wvpr is great now <laughs> weirdly now that stephanie's gone the pr system is working at like an all-time high and it's such a like it's such like a aspect of the story of why vince was gone in the first place that it feels like that happened what eight months ago nine months ago at this point um with vince leaving the company like sounds right like this isn't like years old debate or conversation this is very fresh and people seemingly forgot why we are here. Why Why is it all happening? And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It feels like, you know, watching WrestleMania, having all the advertisers involved, right? No advertiser seemed, you know, discouraged from being involved with WWE. Um, no advertiser seemed discouraged from doing these things. We'll talk about it in a minute. The whole reason... You know, Endeavor wanted, like, Ari Emanuel, the CEO of Endeavor, who bought WWE, bought majority shareholders of WWE, explicitly said, I want this guy. I wouldn't do the sale without Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is Teflon. He has always been Teflon. uh, And he will be in that chair until his dying days. And like I said, if it's a midlife crisis, we got another 70, 80 years of this man. So we'll see Ugh. how this goes. I mean, his if I'm not mistaken, his mother lived to be like 100 plus. So he's going to be around for a long, long time. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a threat. Uh, in some ways it is. Um, it is threat. Uh, I had one more thing to add before we continue. Sure. Um, he, I feel like this is very important. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon is a bad human being. Like a truly bad human being. People being be people doing what he's done and being able to just move on as if nothing happened. That is part of this world that is very, very wrong. And the fact that we are now, you know, you know, we can we can take the wrestling side out of this. Yeah, sure. You're not gonna get to enjoy WWE anymore. But there are people who suffered via this man and will continue to suffer via this man. And they have to continue that while he gets to go on as if nothing happened. And I think that's a shame. And I'll add, not just nothing happened, but millions of dollars richer. 
Yep. I could not say it better myself, Scotty. Totally agree with what you're saying. Let's move right along. Uh, Let's talk about the creative. On Monday Night Raw, apparently there was a (laughs) lot of high-level booking that needed to be done because, as reported by Wrestling Observer Newsletter, PW Insider, and Fightful, and many other outlets, Vince McMahon was fully in charge of Raw. Meltzer said that the show was changed when McMahon arrived and as the show was going on, which, of course, if you saw on social media that night, there were plenty of pictures and videos from Raw showcasing that to be true. The PW Insider report said that Triple H initially was the person to headset during Raw, but as time went on, McMahon became more of the point person in charge of running the show. PW Insider also said there was a, quote, huge negative shift in morale as talent realized that things were exactly where they exactly where they were before prior to Triple H being named chief content officer in July of last year when Mish McMahon initially resigned from the company. So yes, Monday Night Raw, Vince again, I said this for weeks now that we were teasing it and getting into it. And then as we saw Monday Night Raw, we were fully back into it. You know, you had classic Vince McMahon bookingisms, which of uh, uh, advertise big time main event that you never deliver on. I would argue Brock Lesnar turning heel uh, something, which apparently that the reports, was scheduled. reports coming out afterwards reportedly. that that was scheduled a month in advance, just like Cody losing was scheduled a month in advance. Um, mm. I don't know who would have scheduled that. I mean, there was Vince McMahon was certainly back a month in advance. Um, I don't know. I will say, I, I want to say this before we move on and never talk about Triple H again. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, scrub. Uh he is he he showed a lot through his reign as the the head booker that he has a lot of Vince isms. Yes, right. I would agree. I but he, he's still he, infinitely better than Vince. <laughs> let's talk about it. Uh, at XX Ichiban tweeted at us. We had a bunch of questions from folks, so we appreciate your questions. He tweeted a question here. The Triple H era of booking, quote, which uh, in parentheses, which is seemingly ending to some degree, will likely be looked at back on positively due to what preceded it. But do you think the positives of his time with the book outweigh the negatives? And what was the biggest missed opportunity during that time? So sort of answering that question, sort of what we're talking about here is that Triple H's era of booking, I think like his style of booking, when he was doing NXT, it was, you know, it became popular with a lot of like running big time indie matchups um, and doing a lot of that stuff. I mean, the, what would you say in in NXT? What was his biggest storyline? Probably the DIY storyline, which once uh, in late stage NXT that became super overwrought with a lot of booking nonsense and it became super over the top and it didn't quite work and the matches did not in my opinion, did not live up to it. When he got the book in main roster, he decided to sort of stick with the Vince McMahon style of booking with a little bit, you know, some glossier spots and sections. And is that a negative? I don't know, because ultimately what happened was is that WWE became way more popular than it has been in years, maybe a decade or so. Vince, Vince being gone allowed Triple H to to be the spokesperson, the the booker, the spokesperson of WB and be able to put on a product that a lot of people enjoyed. Now, ironically, chicken egg situation here. Is the popularity, I'll ask this question to you, Scotty. 
was the popularity of WWE um, that that happened under Triple H's regime a part of Triple H's booking, or as uh, XX Ichiban sort of alluded to, um, was it looked at positively because it wasn't Vince? Was he was he booking well, or was he just not Vince McMahon? I think initially, 100%, he wasn't Vince McMahon. He was Triple H, he's somebody else. We saw negatively. As soon as Vince McMahon is back, you have hashtag fire Vince McMahon trending all over Twitter. How much of Vince, How much of Triple H's regime, positive notes, have to be attributed to the lack of Vince? And I think that's an immediate question that we have to ask ourselves. It's a great question because it's obviously very early to know the answer, right? Like we won't know for sure, mm-hmm. I think. But at the same time, as someone who watched this show on Monday, yeah, yeah. and watched last Monday show, for example, mm-hmm. there is some credit to give to Triple H. Okay, no doubt about it. As much as I do think that Triple H had a lot of problems with his booking, a.k.a. the incredibly fumbled bag of, say, damage control, for example. For example, that's one of many. Yeah. Um, I would say it's one of his biggest fumbled bags. It's one of the biggest fumbled factions. Yeah. In in WWE history, let alone let, let alone in Triple H's run as head booker. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to another, uh, in a couple, in a couple topic points, we'll get to another fumble back by WWE. Yeah. Uh, but I think people will remember fondly on what he did more so than just because it fits. Yeah. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, he was head of the majority of the bloodline angle. I know he got it handed to him, but, let let's be I, let's be honest, folks. I don't think it lasts as long under Vince McMahon. I just don't. I don't think the Sami Zayn stuff goes nearly as long with Vince McMahon. Um, but then you have to remember what he did if it was indeed his decision on the final night of WrestleMania, and it's like, well, he pulled the Vince. He went with the top guy instead of someone new, and it's like, to me. There's never going to be a perfect booker for WWE, no matter who it is. And what I mean by that is there's never going to be someone that gets everything right. Hell, there's never going to be someone that I think gets something as much as right as, say, Tony Khan does with his stuff. And maybe that's because they've done it for so long, right? The closest we've ever seen to and it also depends on what people find to be perfect booking. You and me, you and me sitting here, we're going to like something a lot different than, say, the general WWE fan, which is what you also have to play to, right? So that's like part That's part of the thing. Um, but to me, overall, I think people will remember it fondly for a long time, but majority, majority will just agree that it's it, he wasn't Vince. And no. that was that was enough. And and I would argue one of his big his biggest bright spot, I would argue, is hundred percent the Sami Zayn story. I, yeah. I think I I surmise that my assumption is that I think the Sami Zayn story, 
I would attribute to to uh, to uh, uh, Triple H. Uh, if you look at the timeline, just looking at you know the timeline of it all, Sami Zayn joins up with the Bloodline in April. He's around them for a little bit. Vince McMahon is outed uh, out of the company by July 2022. 20, Around that time and is really when the Zayn J Uso stuff kind of started. Uh, but it was really took place fully, uh, you know, way past, way into Triple H's regime. And then once Vince McMahon started coming back, you started to get the reports of, oh yeah, Sammy's not going to be the main event of WrestleMania. Sammy's not going to be involved. Maybe he'll have the tag titles maybe it won't even be the main event. You know what I mean? Like it was around the time Vince started to come back in. It's looked like Sami Zayn started to get weirdly demoted. Now he got demoted for Cody Rhodes, which uh, as we'll talk about more is the, in hindsight, the complete right decision. They booked that well. And uh, he is still to this day, the biggest merch seller in the company uh, of active wrestlers. He's one of the biggest needle movers. He's the biggest star of the company. So, arguably, yes, that is the correct decision to go with Cody. Um, and whether or not it pays out is another thing. But he didn't go with Cody, Ryan. He didn't. No, Vince McMahon ultimately did not go with Cody Rhodes. Or maybe Triple H. Ah, who booked it? Who was to say? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think they've both shown the ability to go too long. Triple H did that a lot in NXT. He went just a little too long on certain reigns. Yeah. Vince McMahon does that almost all the time. Vince McMahon, he's had a lot more to go off of. So there have been times where he's seen the right moment and he's just done it right. Kofi, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan was, you know, begrudgingly as we know, Um, but he's done that. And, we're, right, we're sitting here now, and we're talking about was Cody the right time or not. I think it was absolutely the right time, and I don't even care if it was Vince's decision or Triple H's decision because I think both of them were going to make that decision. Mm-hmm. A thousand days means a lot more to them than the moment, and I guess excitement moving forward. So it is whatever. And that being said, there are sort of mixed reports about what's going to happen with uh, SmackDown tonight, since we're recording on Friday. It's going to be shit. That, there you go. It's going to be shit. There, Triple H is going to kick off the show like he did of Raw, uh, maybe addressing the loser. issues of Raw. I don't know. Um, I like to imagine that in the weeds, Vince McMahon was just talking about SmackDown, and that Triple H is going to book SmackDown, and Vince is going to book Raw. That seems like something Vince yeah. would do. Uh, but we'll find out more about this information about the creative side of it all uh, to probably tonight on SmackDown. On Vince's the card looks like a Triple H book card. Mm, Have the, you seen the card? The yeah, there's, there's some stuff in there. There's some stuff. You got in like there. Gunther and the two hooligans against Sheamus and his two hooligans. Mm-hmm. You got a uh, Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso, mm-hmm. but that also feels like a Vince because like, oh, maybe we should pay that off on a pay per view. No, just kidding. Yeah. Who's who's to say? Who's to know what will happen? Who who's to say any of this will actually happen after after the Monday Night Raw that took place? On Vince's legacy and scandal, Vince was quoted as saying, "Again, I have made mistakes. Obviously, personally, professionally, throughout my fifty-year career, career, 
I have owned up to every single one of them and then moved on. I'm not sure on the legacy stuff. I'm not going to write it. Definitely moved on. Yeah. He said, adding he has an extraordinary amount of fun, a great passion for what he's done, and did the biggest deal he has ever done in his life. Ari Emanuel, the CEO of Endeavor, joked that he would have, quote, body slammed this big man if he had thought he was going to leave following a sale, answering, oh my God, yes, when asked if he wanted to stick around. Later on, he said, I wasn't going to let him walk away. Um, adding that it was an honor to have Vince McMahon stay because of what his vision for the business is and where it is going. I would argue that personally, I think Vince's Vince McMahon's vision for the business is a couple years dated. Um, a couple, a couple, just a little bit, Maybe uh, a couple decades dated. And, uh, I don't know what his vision of the future of WWE is going to look like, but what I like to see is uh, UFC and WWE and baby, Anokiism is back. Let's go. Let's get Josh Barnett out there. Let's get, let's get Bobby Lashley doing the MMA stuff out there. Let's get Brock Lesnar the title so that we have a MMA crossover, UFC crossover star with the WWE star, and they merge into Brock Lesnar. That seems like the right way to go. That's kind we of the person. We haven't even talked about the fact that WWE and UFC are now one company. Oh, they will be, yes. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we had no one's really talking about that because it's like we're on the wrestling side of things so it's like the least of people's worries right Vince is with Vince but just 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 take a step back they're combining the biggest MMA promotion mm-hmm. and the biggest pro wrestling promotion mm-hmm. into one company yeah that is gigantic like I don't, I, don't, I don't know how many people that are listening or do listen to the show pay attention to UFC, but UFC, for all their faults, they do amazing pay-per-view numbers. They are able to make new stars now, maybe not to certain levels, and maybe that's much like WWE, but it's different because they push certain people and then they get knocked the fuck out, and it's like, oh, well, shit, we tried. Um, but these two companies being one, Dana White and, and Vince McMahon working in the same company, that is insane. It is just an insane truth, and that is what we have here. Um, it, it won't – I don't know how much it will really affect, you know, day-to-day or anything, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that because it's like you, – you, this doesn't just happen. Like, yeah. people, people – there's going to be advertisements for UFC and WWE within the same show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's insane. We've seen that before, like when Brock was wrestling for UFC, uh, when he went back the last time. But, like, that was just a little one-off thing. This is now, okay, we work together. We need to support each other at all times because we are one company. And that's crazy. Oh, yeah. It is going to be one company. Vince McMahon, the executive chairman of both companies. Dana White, the president of UFC. Nick Khan, the president of WWE. Nick Khan's just there to wave. I Smile no, wave, he is, boys. So I let's talk about Nick Khan for a quick second. Because I this I didn't really have this on my notes here, but I think he's an important part to talk about. I personally don't I think there's two routes for Nick Khan right now. Number one is honestly, I don't know how much longer I've seen Nick Khan in this company. The man is he got well, his job done. Exactly. The man got the job done. He got the most amount of possible 
uh, with what Vince McMahon wanted in terms of creative and all that other stuff out of WWE and selling the company. Once it is closed by the end of the year, I honestly do not know how much longer Vince, uh, Nick Khan will stay in the company. He got he got the whale, right? He got the biggest paycheck he can get. How do you get a bigger paycheck? I mean, TV rights deals maybe, and, and but that's going to happen this year. So I, he's going to do all these things to get a lot of money, but there's no more, what more can he do to get more money? You know, that that's the thing about Nick Khan is what will he do to be able to get more money? Now, I think find his next whale. I think I think you're exactly right. I think there's two options. I think one is he finds a different whale to make the most amount of money possible in two. He's looking at that that uh, he's looking at that that executive, uh, that corporate structure chart. Where it's like uh, Ari Emanuel, Vince McMahon, yada yada yada, Endeavor people, UFC people, and then him at that bottom right corner and being like, "Hmm, I should be at the top left." And just like, I can see Nick Khan weaseling his way up to try to get, I don't know, in depth part of Endeavor, you know, I like yeah. see what he can do with that, you know, like I like he can only go up within the corporate structure of Endeavor at this point, or he will just straight up leave WB and then it goes off and. Yeah. Don't need a new president. I also wanted to talk about this. I was trying. I was trying to like think of this because, like, oh, they sold and they didn't sell to Saudi Arabia. This was still the better case scenario. Correct. I totally believe that. Totally. Like, believe. no matter what, and no matter that Vince is back in power and stuff like that, this was still the better scenario of the two. 100%. I hope everyone. I hope everyone knows that now, because I think Vince was coming into power either way. Agreed. I think like, the un- Saudi- a deal can only have been made if Vince was still in power. Saudi was never not gonna. They were like, "Yeah, I don't care." What the hell were they gonna know the difference? Yeah. Um, like you know, this this is the company that asked for Yokozuna, so it's like they don't they don't give a shit. They don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> they don't know what's going on. No, they just like, yeah, I, you left. What? Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the conversation. Wait a minute, you you weren't around. Yeah, the, um, Saudi Arabia is like your 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 uncle that hasn't heard about wrestling in years and is like, "How's Macho Man doing? Is he still oh, doing yeah. great stuff out there?" It's like, "What are you talking yeah. about, uh, man?" Well, sure, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. So, like, this is still the best case scenario in terms of they were gonna sell, and Vince was always gonna be in power. Yeah, fully believe that. So. So there you go. There, I'm trying to give I'm trying to give some brightness to this often darkness that is Vince McMahon and everything that he does. There's some other uh, possible brightness, and I think there's another brightness aspect to it all, to not being sold to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, is the that, switchblade's free, baby. We'll, we'll get to the switchblade, but <laughs> what I was going to talk about was that if Saudi Arabia bought the company, the TV rights deals would have been a way more interesting uh, negotiation process. Obviously, of Saudi Arabia, of Live Golf, have not really been that successful in trying to get U.S. television rights deals. Are you telling me the CW isn't a success? Uh, uh, <laughs> someone that is coming off of a CW show, yes. <laughs> 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 it got bought for nothing. It just the person, the new company took on all debts of the company. They're just trying to make money and <laughs> lay off all this debt. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that happens with that. Me too, me too. Um, anyways, but the, the, the right steal of Saudi Arabia would have been very interesting. And there would have been a, I don't know, there could have been a real possibility that no American 
TV show would want WWE if it's involved mm-hmm. with Saudi Arabia. I don't know how likely it is. I don't, I don't necessarily have a percentage, but I think there is a certain percentage where that is totally possible, where we wouldn't have a TV show for WWE. Uh, and maybe they would just have a streaming thing or something. I don't know how that would come out. But I think I, they would have had a better shot. I agree. Their, we- their weekly live television. Com- especially compared to Live Golf, yes. Right. Live Golf is bad. Yeah. But now with UFC, they're, they are in a way better position. And oh, yeah. not just in better better position, but you know, one of the look at look at the Fox TV deal, right? How do they get that TV deal? It's because UFC left that deal. Well, now Fox has the option of going with UFC and WWE at the same time in terms of these TV deals. Uh, they can everyone can get what they wanted. Um, That's pretty crazy. UFC and WWE when they have shows, and if they're smart about that, I don't think they'll be doing it. Do not have to compete with each other. In terms of live events, you know, WWE and UFC can always do that. Now they can just be like, oh, yeah, if you want to, if UFC, if you want to book that, uh, I don't know, let's say Labor Day weekend show, go for it. Who cares? You know, it's not WWE. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's something yeah. that that hurts, pay, you know, hurts WWE or whatever a little bit. And now they don't have to worry about that. That's huge for them. That There's more money coming in for both companies. Yeah, it, it is. On a business side, this couldn't be better. Mm-hmm. On a wrestling side, this sucks. <laughs> it's just because of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, oh, when asked about the possibility of a TV rights increase, Ari Emanuel touted Raw and SmackDown's ratings increases. The key demo is it, uh, the key demos it appeals to, and how their rate card is quote way below market, uh, way below market by a significant amount. He feels that with content being king and everything that WWE brings to the table, quote, I think they're going to be at a proper price for the next round of rights negotiation. Like we sort of talked about, it's not just that they are in a better position at a rights deal. There is a better position that they're going to make way more money with a new rights TV, TV deal, whatever that's going to look, at, look Could like. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. There's also the aspect of streamers um, in terms of once their Peacock deal is up, uh, whether or not they, and I think that's a big concern for a lot of people, whether or not they combine with ESPN Plus or conversely uh, go back to the pay-per-view model, um, which as we know about in UFC, $70, $80 for pay-per-views. Uh, if the amount of pay-per-views WWE has, is that something that a average WWE fan or a new WWE fan that's been watching them for the past decade would want to suddenly spend 70 80 bucks a month probably on top of the network content that's 10 bucks a month i've always been under the idea that you should if they were smart they'd charge for their big four and then treat everything kind of like impact specials like impact does yes in that those are all free on like if you stream if you pay for their streaming service you get them but like if i had to pay extra money for wrestlemania i'd get it right yeah like it's wrestlemania people will still buy wrestlemania yeah yeah and that way i wouldn't have to watch peacock commercials so maybe may hear me out people it might not be the worst idea (laughs) but i would counter with that saying well nick khan is still the president and the most amount of money you can get is 70 dollar shows every single time or at least or at least do like i don't know 30 35 dollar shows for the smaller ones or something and that that switch yeah. won't come anytime soon because they can't just like no do that. No, um, the so Peacock deal has a number of years. Worry about that, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's ultimately 
where they go one way or the other. Now, I don't think it'll be 70 bucks because their shows aren't worth that. Um, UFC shows aren't worth that either. But UFC is like you have hard like you have the hardcore fans of UFC that will pay for that every single time and not even blink. So, yeah. Another aspect that I think we should also discuss is layoffs. Uh, the potential of layoffs. Nick Khan would today is Friday, out. right? Today is Friday. Hey. Something, tells, something tells me because every time we record, I feel like news happens after. Yep. Um, Nick Khan wouldn't rule him out. Endeavor COO, Chief Operating Officer Mark Shapiro, and potential layoffs. Quote anything from HR to finance to legal to communications production to distri- distribution and marketing. Shapiro said across every area, you're going to find cost synergies. You're going to integrate and ultimately highlight and appoint the best and brightest teams, um, which is completely true. Uh, there are, especially with UFC and WWE, I would imagine that their marketing strategies and people that work in the company and all these sort of things and ver- those various fields have a lot of crossover. There is no need to have that many people. There are going to be massive layoffs up and down. Uh, when would the la- massive layoffs happen? I think there's concern. Obviously, it happens now, but I think they're going to have to wait till the deals actually take place. So that will probably come at the end of the year. Um, on the other hand, there's also the concern about wrestlers and how much, how many of these wrestlers who you know Triple H just brought back on, he snapped his fingers and a bunch of wrestlers appeared. Um, how many of these wrestlers' jobs are at stake? Why um, you are screwed, my friend. How many how many lore how many lore directors jobs are at stake? Um, you know, how many wrestlers' jobs are at stake? Is there maybe even, as we maybe will discuss later, maybe there's like a hiring freeze in terms of other wrestlers. You know, maybe they can't, especially big money contracts, maybe they're they're wouldn't be interested in, you know, signing bigger guys because, well, we're gonna probably fire you. <laughs> we'll probably have to let you go later. Um, I think there's massive concerns when it comes to layoffs. And if I was a wrestler in WWE, I honestly would be very concerned. If I am a wrestler that they don't appreciate, I would be very concerned. Um, I think that's the specific way of saying, Mm -hmm. because they're not going to go releasing Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins tomorrow, but they will go release wrestler a and wrestler b and uh, by, ja- by wrestler I'm not, I'm not naming names. no but we can name names jagger reed rip fowler well yeah we can name names because they said can we get out and they said yeah see ya yeah uh, it was pretty easy now i don't think they left because of the sale or anything i think they left because they don't want to be jagger reed and rip <laughs> fowler anymore <laughs> yeah but i think, I think like, the sale helped make the decision even yeah. better <laughs> like yeah, oh i'm okay, not sure okay. how much we'll actually talk about this too so this will be my conversation about them the grizzled young veterans are going to be one hell of a tag team yeah whether they go to New Japan Pro Wrestling or AEW or Ring of Honor. Yeah. Those are the three spots they should be at because they're that good. Yeah. Um, I cannot I can't wait. wait for them to be a real tag team again. I, I can't wait to see 60,000 strong in Wembley Stadium holding up their shoes and yelling <laughs> at and yelling at uh, uh, the grizzled young veterans. Uh, that would be a great It'd sight great. to see. Uh, and yeah, and who knows? There's also been talks of like they're higher up. Fightful reported this that they're like, bigger roster named people that are very concerned and thinking about, Oh, if it goes down this way, I might leave. Uh, we know, we know right yeah. now that drew McIntyre's contract is up. So, uh, who knows? Yeah, you, can, you can connect the, I'm not going to name any names, but you can connect some dots on that one. Can connect some dots. Who knows? Who knows? 
Any other thoughts, conversations we want to have about the UFC merger? I think in terms of business, this is obviously, I think, a great move for WWE. I think it goes without saying this is a great move for WWE. This is the most amount of money you can for that company. Um, It will probably get them better TV rights deals. It will probably get them better money down the line in terms of pay-per-view deals, I think. Um, For wrestlers in that company... I don't know, but I can say that the Vince McMahon advantage is back for the wrestling world and uh, free market, free agent market at the end of this year or next year is going to be buck wild. It's going to be AEW wins again, baby. Um, The last thing I'll say is I am I am worried about the wrestlers. Everyone else can go to hell in that company as far as I'm concerned, because pretty much everyone else made money. A lot of money this past week. I don't mean like the you know behind the scenes people. I'm gonna feel bad for them too because they have no control either. Sure. Pretty much anyone that I consider talent. Yeah. Um, on screen, I feel talent. bad for all of them. Yeah, on screen or like agents and and you know I don't know wardrobe people and then like the, yeah. the itty bitty stuff that they will cut. Um, I feel bad for them, but uh, anyone higher up, I couldn't give a damn, including. Yeah. Mr. Triple H. He made plenty of money this past week, folks. Let's not listen. He may not have the book anymore, but he's not doing too bad. No, he's not he, doing too shabby. He got a couple million dollar bonus for this. Yeah. Thing. Tough life. Yeah. Fuck off. Tough life. Um, <laughs> it, hey, yeah, Triple H. I never believe I have to talk about WrestleMania night two still. Triple H, 2024. There's never going to be a better time to start your own company, man. Just just go for it. You got, you got the bonus money. There's going to be a it's bunch really, of free agents that like you. Why not? Why not Triple H? If he gets someone to help back with him, yeah, game on. No, very much pun intended. Let's talk about WrestleMania Night Two. We're not going to really go match by I have match. Two matches to talk about. I don't give a shit about anything else. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's talk. I, I think we talk about the main event first, of course. That is Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. What a match, man! What a match. I, I, I need to attack this match in two different ways. This is the first sure. time I think I've talked about this match. It's pretty crazy. Um, a re- if you look a at post radio just, exclusive. Yeah. If you talk about just as the match itself, the atmosphere was sensational. Like this was the biggest fight feel a WWE match has had. Like so in much terms heat. of WrestleMania aspect. Yeah. In a very long time. Like you couldn't like sometimes during matches in WWE, you can hear a pin drop. You couldn't hear shit. This was, yeah, this was high energy. Every freaking move had top tier reactions. Yep. And it was, it was the spectacle. Yes. At full display. Yes. And I thought that made the match so great. But Cody lost. Cody lost. Cody lost and i realized the man we've been building up to for a year and here's the worst part i realized he was losing pretty early on so my my interest in the match started to deflate and deflate and deflate and the moment that i saw him back into that corner i was like he's not winning that is (laughs) not happening gets the stupid samoan spike yada 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 spear see you later and you could after that Hear a pin drop. Um, the these the this was it. 
This was the chance. I stand by that. You could do Cody at SummerSlam. You do whatever the fuck you want at SummerSlam. I don't care. This was your shot. Yeah. This was everything perfectly coming together, even more than Sami Zayn in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And you blew it. Cody was the guy to win this belt. But at the end of the day, it's WWE versus AEW. And you know in their brain, we can't let that happen. I brought it up. Sting and Triple H. Should Sting win that match 10 times out of 10? You're goddamn right. But did he? No, because it was WWE versus WCW. That's the same thing here. And I do think that matters. As much as anyone wants to say, oh, this was in the plans, 1,000 days, yada, yada, it still matters. The AEW part still matters. This man created a company to compete against the company he's now main eventing WrestleMania for. He is their biggest star. Don't Doesn't matter. But now you set yourself up to fail. Now the crowd can turn on him. Now they're not going to be as lively for him. Sure, you put him against Brock, a heel Brock Lesnar, and they're probably going to have a great match. Doesn't matter. I yeah. don't give a shit. It's over. Still you had be your a, shot. Still going to be a good over. program. Still going to be a good program. Yeah, it's going to be a good program. I'm sure the road back to the moment is going to be great and dandy. But listen, you had your shot, and you blew it. Yeah. I, I, you know, at one point in time, I would have come on here maybe and been that guy to be like, you know, I'm slightly okay with the decision in terms of booking of all that stuff because it's like, okay, how, how am I going to be the guy that comes on here and says for the Ring of Honor show to have two matches end in yeah. disappointment uh, and, oh, and be like, oh, you have to let the story play out and then yeah. say, not say that for the Cody Rhodes thing. I, I was at one point in time, I was going to be that guy and be like, oh, how how can you not be? And I hate those sort of people who finish the story, but kind of w- what is going to be happening here is, yeah, it's to finish the story. It's, that's the same, the same sentiment's going to continue. Yeah. Um, but just the, the fallout of it all, seeing Raw and the fallout of everything, it's just, they're, it's harmful. Now, I should say, the fallout of Cody Rhodes is not only bad, but also I, I understand the decision in terms of what the story they're trying to tell is. I also think yeah. that decision is a bad idea because what it does is several things. One, has the potential, and we'll find this out later, probably a month from now or so, to hurt your biggest star's credibility and hurt his merch sales and hurt all this other stuff following this main event loss. It has, it has the chance to hurt your biggest star in the company, instead of make them even bigger. Yeah. It has, it definitely shows a ceiling to any AEW outside people. It would, oh, yeah. you know how, how, how great it would have been for any other AEW wrestler to watch Cody Rhodes win that title and be like, Oh, okay. I am a star. I can go to WWE and win the world title at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, then maybe I'll consider living that dream out and going to WWE. Now we saw a ceiling on pay-per-view on Peacock uh, of what that actually means. It means you can get here, but you will not win it. There's no way. If anyone's got a clue yet, MJF ain't leaving. No. If I'm MJF, I would not leave. 
because I, he will lose. I have Roma. thought for a long time he's already resigned, anyways. So. Yeah, and MJF is also like slightly smaller than Cody too, and you know Vince is not going to like that. You know he could get a shit ton of money. You know, look at Jay White. Jay White's I think smaller than Cody as well, but like Cody's a big dude. Cody's a big dude. But, like, it's that thing. It's like, Vince is not going to like these smaller guys coming in. Who cares if how big they are? They're not going to win the title. They're not going to do that. So it hurts the credibility. It hurts outside people. And it hurts your chance in terms of negotiation power, I would argue. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think there is a story that they're actively doing. But then they come on Monday Night Raw and just, you know, have Brock destroy the guy for seemingly no reason. Just destroy the guy. Uh, and then Cody does his classic Cody theatrics and looks like a goofball. And so whether or not the company destroys credibility or whether or not Cody's theatrics destroys a little bit of his credibility, it just, you come out of it. And before the weekend, you said at the top of the show, uh, 24 hours, 72 hours or whatever, uh, Cody was the biggest thing in wrestling coming out of it out of Monday. He looks like the biggest goof and he looks like a, a, a dweeb. He looks like a jag. He looks like any of these names, derogatory names you can think of. He he does not look like a star coming out of Monday Night Raw right now. No. And maybe this is wishful thinking. I think he'll be okay because WWE fans don't turn on people as much as, say, the AEW fan mm-hmm. necessarily. Sure. But you're not going to have as much interest now, I think, come SummerSlam as you did come Sunday night. Yeah. Just overall from wrestling fans. And I think that was a big loss. I do. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's WWE. It's going to be shit anyways with Vince back on top. So what do I give a shit anymore? Um, they should have, they should have finished the story. This was your one time to finish a story. Yeah. Um, but whatever. We're better off not talking about it. Yeah. It's uh, very frustrating. Whether you know, I'm more worried about what's that? Gunta. Gunta, baby. Because Vince hates Gunta. And this man has been phenomenal. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dave Meltzer gave this match a five stars. Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. He gave two five stars, if I'm not mistaken, Ooh. for WrestleMania. Oh, baby. I think he gave the Mania Night 1 main event five as well. That makes sense. That would make sense. He didn't give the KSI uh, spot five stars? No? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I know you love this match, Gunther. I'll get, here's here's your platform, sir. Let's talk about Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus for the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. It's so hard to talk about WWE right now because like it's all not going to matter. I know, and I get that, and that's also Pete Simon, Pete of Meaty Men, Simon Meats, repeatedly. You were talking you so I, loud that you, you were blowing I, it out. You thought, I was, you thought I was fully gone. You thought I was fully out of it. And you were like, oh, tell us. And you were right. Yeah, you were, yes. I was actually telling the truth. You, I was you are sorry. right. They, they, everything matters less following. Uh, everything matters less. But for one night only, Big E got to book himself a match. And Big E said, we're putting the meat in there and we're letting them slap on the WrestleMania stage. Let them slap each other and they sucked and uh i'm not gonna do that anymore because it's making me uncomfortable but yeah i love this i love this i i think it's one of the greatest wrestlemania matches of all time um in terms of just the simple quality 
Uh, I think Gunther is unbelievable. He's like one of the true all-time greats. This man has been able to walk into WWE, whether it be NXT, NXT UK, or the main roster, and put on debatably their match of the year every single year since he's walked in. That's insane. Yeah, this 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 guy when he walked into WWE, if you looked at him, you said, "No chance in hell this guy's gonna make it," and he has done the damn thing. Credit to him. Sheamus was great. Drew McIntyre is great. Drew McIntyre deserves a lot better. Maybe he'll get a lot better eventually. Um, I think he's the type of guy you want to talk about it real quick. I think he'd make a big splash in AEW because he's very different from every top star they have. Yeah. he's humongous yes. and he's a good worker yes um and, i would love him there and he main evented a show in uh the uk before oh 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 and they didn't finish that story either <laughs> anyways uh but yeah no i love this it, it it's exactly what i wanted to be that's that's what this match was i couldn't have asked for them to do anything else it was like 15 minutes slapping meat Literally, I think they chopped each other like the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That and I just broke right. my headphones, so give me one second. You know, it was certainly a great match. Certainly a great match. I think the only other bigger thing I want to not bigger thing. The only other thing I want to talk about beyond those matches is how hard I laughed, uh, sort of in a dark humor way about the Shane McMahon return. <laughs> that was probably the best, like I don't know, ten minutes of television I've ever seen in my life. Just like. It sucks so bad for him, but it was so funny, man. It was the man. He, he we do the whole gimmick again. The Miz is, you know, Miz is uh, hurt and or whatever doesn't want to wrestle again because it was a two on one handicap match against Pat McAfee and George Kittle. And then Shane McMahon makes his return. Shane McMahon, the guy that um, that tried to book himself to win the Royal Rumble, uh, at last we saw him comes back into the company. He wrestles. He does one drop down, gets up, destroys his leg, <laughs> cannot wrestle, and then you got the cameraman telling Snoop Dogg to punch punch Miz. He does it because Snoop Dogg's the greatest worker today. Uh, he does it. Miz goes down. They do the spot again, which I'll I'll detract the greatest worker, I guess, actually, because you don't repeat spots. You don't do the punch again. Uh, then you got the referee saying do the people's elbow. You got Miz saying uh, cover him, and one of the biggest like. Holy shit! What moments? The most surreal moments. Shane McMahon just walks back. No one, no one acknowledges him. Commentary is like, "Oh yeah, Snoop just beat him in a match. That's what happened." Uh, it's, yeah, it's insane. Um, the most surreal moment I've ever seen. I had like the biggest eye roll when I heard "Here Comes the Money." <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, "Whoa, what?" I was like, "Really?" Yeah. Um, and then the guy jumped and destroyed everything <laughs> in his leg, and I, I. I've never laughed more at someone getting hurt, and I feel so bad. Me too. Me too. But it's, <laughs> but it, I was like, oh, it was just perfectly the, comedically timed. Yeah, it's uh, and you know credit to Snoop and Miz, but yeah, I'm done talking about WrestleMania WWE. I've, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough this week. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I wasn't. Ho- I was hoping for us to get more into WrestleMania, but uh, Vince McMahon kind of ruined it, like you said. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about NWA three hundred, whatever the fuck. I, I think that show is this weekend. By the I think way. it's tonight. Oh, oh. I think your boy Tyrus is defending the title. 
I hope not. Um, I'm gonna look into that. But let's let's talk about um a bag, a fumbled bag that WWE also potentially had. Jay White, uh, as we saw, as it opened up AEW, the Jay White watch is over uh, because Jay White opened up the show of AEW Dynamite this past week. It has been confirmed via graphic, Twitter graphic, that Jay White is all elite. And Fightful Select then reported on the details of his contract, saying that it was, in fact, a multi-year deal that was signed before WrestleMania 39. Didn't say exactly when, if I'm not mistaken, it was signed before WrestleMania, but it was signed. the day before. Yeah, it could have been the day before. It could have been a month before. Who the hell knows? But he was signed to AEW, and he showed up here. I like to think he was signed back to when this Juice Robinson stuff all started, when uh, this feud started, and we started with the Bullet Club logo, and then Juice attacked from behind. Uh, and then we had Jay White attack from behind last Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Um, so, yes, Jay White, uh, officially part of AEW. Uh, WWE felt like they had him. They were confident they'll land him. Along the way, they were told that Triple H and uh, William Regal showed interest in Jay White. Uh, however, WWE higher-ups said that the company, quote, failed to communicate properly along the process before noting that AEW landing him over WWE was uh, was what could have been product of Vince McMahon's return from the lack and the lack of main roster hire since then. Um, yeah, so uh, possibly Vince McMahon not allowing to hire any more people. Um, Jay White not be able to really talk to WWE about it all and just settled on AEW. So fumbled bag there, I would argue. I think Jay White would have been perfect in WWE. It would have worked well. I'm glad we see him in AEW because I think that's still a fresh spot for him, and we'll see how it goes. I can't even explain to you folks how enjoyable it was. And when I say enjoyable, I mean painful it was. Trying to follow the Jay White saga. Um, But as I like to say, sometimes silence can be much louder, and him not doing anything and us not hearing anything to me, only further confirmed he was going to AEW. Yeah. He waited, he waited, he waited, he waited. Vince started to creep back in, and that's when it all changed. Mm-hmm. That is when it all changed. Um, my my hunch, and, you know, maybe I've heard some things over the past month or so, but my hunch was that AEW became the favorite um, a while ago. And we all win for that. Truthfully, we do. And anyone, anyone that's, there's some people out there that are like, oh, I think he might have actually been, was expecting to sign WWE. Yeah, no shit. New Japan wouldn't have written him off in every single way if he wasn't going to WWE. In a classic, that was his destination. In a classic way that WWE, that New Japan always writes off. People going to yeah. uh, WWE. That was his destination. And people can go as far as they want saying, oh, well, well, you know, Ryan, uh, the, 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 the higher ups weren't. No, just accept Jay White didn't want to go there. That's what happened. I, the higher ups did it. Yeah. That's them trying to sound like they didn't fully lose out on Jay White. No, they blew it. Once Vince McMahon started to creep back in. That's what happened. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. Jay White knows his worth, but he also knows that he's not dealing with the cratchety old man that's going to have him literally like wearing a knife costume. Like that's not happening. That's not happening. 
this couldn't be the better this couldn't be a better spot for Jay White because now Jay White gets to be refreshed but still Jay White. That's very important. Uh, his return that, yeah. uh, or debut or whatever you want to call it on um, Wednesday was great because it was instant. He instantly put himself over. There was an actual pop because that building stunk on Wednesday. Uh, but that was an actual pop that he got. So credit to him. Um, you now have what I think is the best heel in professional wrestling in this company and MJF and BCC and BCC. That's true. You have, you have three forces now who can be top heels moving forward. Yeah. And all different ways. Well, I'm already excited because you know we have we have Jay White and Juice Robinson, buddy buddy, of course, because they're Bullet Club. But at the same time, it's like, well, well, Jay can't do New Japan anymore, so it'll be really fun to see how they work around that. New Japan should have a good time because you know Jay White is going to be back in a New Japan ring eventually someday. Um, it'll be fun to see how they do that. But I I couldn't be happier. There are so many more exciting opponents and exciting matchups for Jay White in AEW. He would have been perfect either place. But this is the place I want him to go, especially once Vince started to creep back. Uh, at Kane, and then a bunch of numbers, 4308928989, whatever. Uh, do you think TK will pay to use the BC, I assume Bullet Club, or just finally let it die? Uh, I will sort of answer that question, Kane, uh, and say no, uh, I don't think he'll let it die. I don't think he controls. I don't think Bullet he needs Club. to pay for it either. And he also already showed the logo and played the music a couple weeks ago. Uh, they played it this. They showed the logo this week when he walked out. <laughs> I think if anything, and I'll sort of answer the question via this next question from XX Ichiban. Um, he they're doing their kind of offshoot, maybe own version at XX. They're literally Ichi- doing their own symbol. Yes. Like with the gun thing. At XX Ichiban asked, Jay White and Juice Robinson noticeably didn't do the two sweet on Dynamite. Do you think we see Jay White properly confront BC and David fin- Finley since he's in a partnered company? Or are they going to go in a firmly different direction like the various Los Ingonables offshoots? I think it's going to be an offshoot company. You still have that Bullet Club connection. He is yeah. seemingly still a part of Bullet Club. He just cannot wrestle in New Japan. His only interaction with that roster is going to be through Forbidden Door shows. Um, and Juice. And Juice. Um, it, he's not working strong or anything like that. Um, so he will just be working that way. Um, I think it's going to be an offshoot. That hand signal that they're doing was an original Bullet Club hand signal with fin- all the way back to Prince Devitt. Um, so I think they're trying to return to the roots I guess, of what Bullet Club was, which ultimately involved and basically became AEW. I do think at, there was a no doubt in my mind that Bullet Club or a faction of Bullet Club was going to be a part of AEW. I think it was just a matter of time. AEW's legacy of a company is like intrinsically linked to the Bullet Club faction. So I think there is no doubt in my mind that they, there was going to be some form of the company. Uh, I don't think the elite really was a form of that com- a form of Bullet Club. I think Bullet Club proper, Jay White, Juice Robinson. Maybe we'll get some people. Maybe there'll be some AEW roster members that join AEW Bullet Club. We'll see what happens there. Ah, so that's what I was going to talk about. I do think that does happen um, eventually. 
I I did have this like funny idea that Bullet Club US would be like Jay White, Juice, Ace, and Chris Bay, and I was like, automatically he has the better Bullet Club. <laughs> yeah, automatically. <laughs> um, which he already almost does with just him and Jay, and uh, with him and Juice, anyways. Um, I think we will get the Jay White. David Finley something eventually. Yeah. Just not anytime soon. Um, yes. I think because he's going to tell us his stories now in, in uh, AWS, he should, but let's just, I, I, I think, you know, we could do the whole like, ha WWE didn't get Jay White. Blah, blah, blah. They just added a 30 year old multi-time world champion. Mm-hmm. Let's not, it's not act like that's just some uh, some small deal, folks. Yeah, they added a bona fide main event star who is going to have incredible matches and just absolutely light it up. And yeah. I can't wait. Also, this man, I've said, I think I've said this multiple times on the show that he's in the shape of his life. He's in the shape of his life. <laughs> he is he is such a star i'm so excited for what's next sure he can run through ricky stark first i don't give a shit that's fine if ricky starks is the first guy to get ran through that's okay um i wouldn't have him lose for a while like lose as in clean for a while i think yes. you i think you gotta appreciate what jay white is and that's a top star so uh maybe you have him win the owen that that's, that should be starting up soon, right? Yeah, it ends at double or nothing, so it should kick off one of these next few weeks. You'd think that would make sense for him to win the Owen. I think that's a good spot for him good to. Little, it's it's what they did with Adam Cole last year to keep him busy, and I don't know. Maybe maybe that's how you make Jay White and Ricky Starks make sense. Have them in the final. Ooh, that makes sense. That's a possibility. Yeah, do that. I think that makes sense because then you could also showcase his importance, give him a title, sort of thing you know give him a title quote unquote um you know that's not a bad idea at all um aew also announced during the show via adam cole via tony khan via nigel mcginnis that aew is having another show a sunday show sunday august 27th happens to be a week before all out they are reviving the all in brand and having a all in Show, pay per view, uh, streaming yeah. special on the new HBO Max Discovery. I don't know. In London, England. That's right. They're finally going to London, England, and the stadium they're taking it in is Wembley Stadium, capacity of ninety thousand. It's in the top fifteen biggest stadiums in the world. Wembley Stadium. If they sold out Wembley Stadium. Big if, if if they sold out Wembley Stadium, that attendance would be higher than one night of WrestleMania from the one announced, which we know is not real, uh, pay per view attendance for WrestleMania from this year. This will be and has the potential to be breaking records for the biggest show in AEW history. All right, listen, folks. They're not going to sell this out. No, 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 no. no. It's just that. not going to happen. Yeah, we, we got to start there. I think okay. I think there are a couple things that have to happen to be close to a sellout. 
That being, yes, and we'll kind of talk about that. Mm-hmm. That being said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to sell this out. No. Because as Dave Meltzer said on Twitter, 30,000 is a great number. Yeah. A third of this stadium is a great number. Yes. And I think they could push 50. I truly do. Now, the fun part of All In, All In, is that we get to play the game of how the fuck, I won't say the full word, are they going to fill this stadium? Yeah. Because you need a lot to connect. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people excited. I've already heard from multiple people, whether they're based in the U.S., Ireland, uh, you know, Norway, England. There are a lot of people excited about for the show and going to yes. this show. They've already booked their hotels. They've already done that, all of that early. So they're going to have a great number based off of overall excitement. Yeah. But you want to pack that stadium. You need a few major matches, folks. And, and, and Jamie not- Hayter versus Soraya isn't going to be the ultimate end-all, be-all, despite both of them being from England. And not just UK. not just big matches, Scotty. Enough big matches to then follow it up a week later... Oh. When they are, and as confirmed via Anthony Bowens for some reason, All Out is a week after this yeah, show. Yeah. Now, now I think I don't know th- what a, they're doing. A concern yes. about a concern about capacity. Earlier this week, Tony Khan was asked about running sort of a WrestleMania what weekend style event, right? Tony Khan responded saying that you know we could do a weekend event. We can make it a week-long affair like they kind of did in Canada. Do you think All In is night one of a week-long affair, including Dynamite, Rampage, and I don't know, let's pick All Out, Craven Cottage uh, to end their week affair in England? No, I think All Out stays in Chicago. Here we go. I would be shocked if All Out leaves Chicago. I think All Out might hit the United Center. Mm-hmm. Now, I think they might be willing to go bigger than the Sears Center. And I think you have to after running the freaking Webley Stadium the week before. Would this also be their, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is going to be like their biggest, not just the biggest show. Would this be the first time they're running a stadium? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, no. Absolutely, it is. I thought they'd hit maybe a baseball park, yeah, in the states first before you know, because you know, Cody used to talk about like the one in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I thought that was going to be how we gradually get to a stadium, and then they just said, "Now nah, we're going for Wembley." Oh, okay, sounds we, good. And also, we have to talk about aggressiveness in a new marketplace. This is yeah. the most aggressive take I've ever seen. I I love when re- when promoters get aggressive like this. Let's do it. I'm excited for it. Do not do Dynamite and Rampage in around. Don't do it around the show. Just do, do the show do and then and then leave. Just do this show because that's how you pack that building. People are gonna be. I the one thing I cannot stand about. Both AEW and WWE, they do way too many shows in the same city with their biggest events. Mm-hmm. The biggest event should be the biggest event. Why Why are we... And now that 
AEW's moved on from this, but there's a time there where Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out, for example, are all happening in the same arena. Yeah. I don't like that. And and, and like ticket that. sales showcase that, like especially like Rampage ticket sales when they were yeah. live, were not as good compared to anyways. Right. Dynamite was okay. Obviously, the pay-per-view did big ticket sales. Dynamite did pretty good. Rampage did not do good. You'll tire a crowd out, and you should never tire a crowd out before your pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. I know, you know, money-wise and set-wise, it's all easier. But you should always be about the best experience. Now, 90,000-person stadium, Ryan. Yes. How do you fill this? Well, I think there's a couple people. A couple there's people. There's one that comes to mind. Uh, he's, a, he's a certain gentleman by the name of, oh, CM Punk. I I can see why they want to bring him back into the company. I can see why they want to bring him to the company. Yeah, I, I've never seen a show more to me confirm that a guy's walking back in. Because I was like, well, they can't do this show without CM Punk. No. They, they can. They can. They, pr- they can they, try. They can. But CM Punk's a few thousand, at least. Extra, right? Yeah. Um, there's... Then there's the match side, and you said you had some more people. Oh, Goldberg, uh, uh, that'd be wild. I think Sting, last match, Sting, Sting. That, uh, that could be good. That's what I thought instantly when I saw the poster. I think if let's say there was uh, maybe like a WWE guy that left the company that might be coming up, maybe a WWE guy that formerly main evented a, uh, a UK show there. Oh, do you, do do you mean do you mean uh, Drew McIntyre? No, I mean Drew Galloway. Uh, that's who I oh. mean. Uh, I was hoping you meant Walter. No, no, no. I meant <laughs> I meant uh, Tyson Fury. That's who I meant. Ah, but yes. I I think I think that is someone that could help them. I don't know how. I don't think Drew McIntyre is that much of a draw. But I think if you're going to the UK, he could help. Um, I don't think he'll be there in time. It depends. It depends. The contract stuff's happening now, so there's a chance that he leaves at AEW. It says later this year, so that could be. Oh July, really? I, th- I thought it was. June. I thought it was earlier. Um, yeah, it June, July, August, September, October, November. And the show being in August, that's rough. It'd have to happen like June-ish, right? Yeah. Um, well, if it, if it, if his contract runs out, it could be literally the day before. That is true. You're right because this is a contract running out. This is not. He's getting fired. He can just do it. He can do it the day before. Um, no, I wouldn't be shocked if they released him and that, said, "Ah, you can't go now." If I was WWE, that'd be a smart move. Maybe he has something in his contract where you know he makes money off you of probably, that. You but... probably can't do that with like a day left. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we're actually gonna release you. <laughs> yeah, that that would suck. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, this is a huge event. Very aggressive in the new in the England in the in the new space. I didn't even say just UK. UK space uh uh for AEW. Um this is gonna be huge. They need to bring people in for this show. I don't think the current crop of roster is enough to sell out the show. Maybe it's enough to get it get enough of a show. It depends on matches. I think there's a good chance we see New Japan involvement. Um, uh, yeah. Will will uh, will William Osprey be okay by then? Who knows? I don't know. Yes. I think 
I think if you're AEW, you bring in Minoru Suzuki because he's weirdly huge in in England. You know? You know, we went from Omega Osprey 2 being the Forbidden Door match to almost needing it to be the all-in match. Yeah. He's definitely not going to be able to do it for Forbidden Door, so... Looks like Wembley Stadium it is. He's going to be ready by Forbidden Door. Do you think? I thought he wasn't going to be ready. It was six to eight weeks. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. It was like so right before. Be... It was like right before, yeah. I think, eight weeks. And you could sell that match. Though, I would wait now. I would do all in. Or, um, I mean, maybe I mean, maybe you do Omega Osprey 3 at Wembley. Yeah, that's why. Like, when I tweeted out the ideas, that was one of them. I thought maybe Omega Danielson 2. Um... I thought the the Young Bucks FTR three. Yeah, um, I'm thinking Jamie versus Britt or Soraya. Yeah, I'm just thinking of all like the big matches that can make this car as big as possible. But then, um, how much of this stuff are you saving for All Out? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think what All In should be is the show that you include a lot of the outside companies that you work with mm-hmm. and that because that's what all in was with a super indie right with everyone coming together from new japan triple a uh nwa nwa ring of honor like it was everyone coming together and i think that's kind of how you can embody what all in is and then all out is aw 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 um so maybe you don't have an aw world title match on this show and you just save it for all out if it's Presumably it's MJF, right? Yes. Let's just assume all out it's MJF. Yeah. Now, keeping your world champion off the biggest show you ever do, that you can't do. But you yeah. cannot do a t- you can do a maybe a tag team match, mm-hmm. something of the sort, right? I thought maybe MJF versus Hangman was pretty uh, it was a pretty big singles. Um now you have the idea of Kenny Omega versus Jay White. Yeah, which has always been a big one. Yep, um, it's bigger now because both of them have grown so much more. Yep. Um, I and this one, this one came into my brain. I don't think it's happening because I think New Japan would be stupid to let it happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But you always have Omega and Okada five. I don't know about Omega and Okada five. That match will happen. Yeah, but New Japan would be stupid to let it happen anywhere else besides their ring. Um, at Kyle Cryley asks, how do you guys hope they handle all in all out seemingly back to back weekends? I want to give a shout out because we're basically already answering that question. I worry they won't book feuds well since they're back to back. Would you circumvent that with other company involvement in all in and treat by your thoughts? I sort of what you talked about and what Kyle talked about here. I like the idea of circumventing that with other company involvement and doing AEW all out being all out AEW. Um, I could see New Japan involvement here. I could see maybe we do a Rev Pro title match on this show. I don't know. You get Rev, get some indies involved, right? You had NWA involved last time. They're a big indie. Um, get a Rev Pro involved. They're the, the biggest indie, I would say. What the hell is uh, Rev Pro, Pro going to give you? Will Ospreay? <laughs> great. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take Will Ospreay. Um, you know what? But you know what I mean? Like things like that, where it's like, okay, we can do that as like a big old title match. Maybe, maybe. Gun to your head, what's the main event? What would your main event be? Uh, CM Punk FTR versus uh, the Elite. That's my main event. I would just do CM Punk and Kenny. I I think you do the faction first, personally. 
Because then, because then you can have. I'm just trying to think. Like by then, where are we? <laughs> because Blackpool Combat Club could still be going on by then too. That's true. That is true. I'm not saying that that isn't true. Well, I mean, just that, based off of how Tony books, they're on their pathway. The elite BCC, they're on their pathway to do the um, uh, blood games, blood, blood, Anarchy in the Arena, and or uh, War Games match thing. Yeah, blood it's funny guts. how Blood and Guts went from being the women's feud to like definitely feeling like it's not anymore. Yeah, uh, BCC really. Uh, that promo from Danielson was so good. Yeah, no, I, I don't know, I. I think you're tough. I think the best bet you can do is, I mean, they even talked about in the announcement that it was, it was like the biggest independent show of all time. I, it is AEW branded. It's also celebrating Warner brothers, hundred years of Warner brothers, and it may be on their streaming service. So I don't necessarily know if Warner brothers would allow like other stuff to be in there. Maybe, maybe they want their stuff front and center. I don't know, but let's say they have new Japan involved. Let's say, you know, whatever, you know, they do Forbidden Door first and then they can spin it off into like a Forbidden Door shoe. I think the other th- big thing that is the discussion point is that this is potentially their sixth pay-per-view in the year, in the, in yeah. the calendar year. And I think that is a huge thing. This company. I've asked for more pay-per-views. This company is constantly growing month by month, man. The only problem is they're all so close now. <laughs> like well, yeah. the way they have, they don't have it spread out. Like I wanted it to. Now we have back to back weeks. We got forbidden door th- like four weeks after double or nothing. Um, Yeah. So I'm happy that there's more. It's just, Maybe we can rework how we do this. But All In being back is very cool. I actually got chills when I heard All In because I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Forgot about that. Um, Do you think Stephen Amell will come back and wrestle? uh, I don't want him to. They'll do Jack. He's he's Cody's friend. They'll do Jack Whitehall instead, and he'll wrestle or something. So I'm going to be bold. Bold. My last bold thing. I do think CM Punk is going to be on the show, but that's not bold anymore. That's like no shit. I think Kota Bushi will be on the show. You said you said Danielson Omega, and I thought to myself, uh, Danielson Abushi. I think uh, let's let's do the let's just do the main event again. Let's do Young Bucks and uh, Kota Bushi <laughs> versus. Uh, Bandito, Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio, Hall, Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio. Let's let's get yeah, him back yeah. in the company. Let's just do that again, but we'll get the full match. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go half speed this time. I'm um, still upset about that. Thanks. Yeah, the huge event, undoubtedly huge event. Very much excited. You have to get Okada on that show. Got to get Okada on that show. Okada on that show, wrestling somebody who will be around in, the, in wrestling for another year or two. Good Danielson. That's possible. That'd be huge. Um, let's talk, let's move on. Speaking about New Japan, let's talk about Sakura Genesis happening this weekend. A, another big show for New Japan this weekend. Uh, we got the full card ahead of us. Uh, a bunch of the top talent stuff. Let's start off the top. Just going real quickly through all the multi-man tags that no one really cares about. Uh, no offense. Uh, there is a Shin, Shinichi Champion Grand Prix celebration match. Participants will be revealed when they make their entrance. So who knows what's happening with that. Uh, Francisco and Kira and Hanare and Jeff Cobb versus Sho, Yujiro, Takahashi, and Evil. Uh, third match, Bushi, Shingo, Takagi, Tetsuya Naito versus Doki, Yoshinobu, Kanemaru, and Taichi. Fourth match, Master Wato, Hikaleo, and Tamatonga versus El Fantasmo, Kenta, and David Finley. And now that we got that out of the way, let's 
Get into it, baby. Fifth match on the show, IWGP Women's Championship match. It's a three-way. Uh, I believe it's pronounced AZM. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, versus Hazuki versus Mercedes Monet. <sighs> this is, this is, this is. Gato, you listen to me, buddy. I'm coming for you. All I ask for is 10 minutes. That's all I'm asking for. Give me 10 minutes of this match. You can't, you can, you can cut the fat from your shitty pre match tags, okay? Like, you, you can cut the fat from those. Those don't have to be eight minutes long, okay? Yeah. Give these three at least 10 minutes and just let them go out there and put on a show. Let them cook. Let them cook. I've been at, there aren't enough Mercedes Monet matches. There just aren't. Okay. <laughs> so, let me enjoy this. And now, thank you to Vince McMahon. I think there will be plenty more Mercedes Monet matches. That being said, there still isn't enough. So yeah. let me enjoy this. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. I'm going to be emotional after this match is over because I'm going to have the official graphic get posted eventually. And then I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I have to retire. But anyways, this is going to be great. Mercedes Monet is winning. But this is going to be great. Mercedes Monet undoubtedly going to win. Uh, be, and you know, and then challenge or should be be challenged by Mayu Itani later. I am very interested to see how match how great this match is, how potentially great this match is. I my ceiling is very high, uh, of this match, and it just I, depends on time. I think. I think it also really compares uh with down the line with a man. We're going to be comparing potentially a Mercedes Monet match against an Okada singles match. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's where I'm like, okay, we're going to be comparing it to like the possible batch. It's a match in the night contender folks. That, that's, there's no way around it. Uh, the only way I think it's not that level again. It's because of time. I think, I think legitimately, I would love 10 minutes. I think there's a chance it will be sub. There's a solid chance of sub 10 minutes. Oh, very good chance. They are already hyping it up of, Oh, I can do fast matches. Azume, you're great with, you know, high speed title matches obviously uh so you know we can do short matches it's a three-way so you know my classic thing of they should be short anyways they should be shorter than usual anyways i think there's still shorter than usual yeah i agree i think there's still a very good chance it's sub 10 minutes maybe seven or eight i think there's a very good chance it's going to be like that which will be disappointing but i think with the participants involved it will be a great eight minute 10 minute, you yeah. know, whatever. Schmock. Oh, I'm I'm ready to give it way too many stars. It's okay. <laughs> uh New Japan World TV. T- oh, before we go, I have a question about this. Intrigued by thoughts. This is from at X Kyle Criley. Intrigued by thoughts on the IWGP women's championship match post Sakura Genesis slash Yokohama Arena. Do you think it'll stay a showcase title on big New Japan events and occasional US shows? Is that enough? What changes would you like to see, if any? I do think it'll remain that. Um Changes, I mean, better treatment on the New Japan side of things. Yeah. New Japan in the in Japan shows. Yes. I should say, because they got great treatment on Battle of the Valley. It was the longest match of the night. Yep. Um, yep. That was great. It's it's more of that. I'm not asking for a 26 minute match. I'm asking for 15 to 20. That's all I'm asking for. Yes. And I think it, that's a very simple time match. Yeah. 
And what what do I want, like, adjustment-wise? Like, I think, I don't think it should be defended a ton. I don't, because it's, I think it's a special title. And, you know, the stardom roster is a busy roster. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like they're not doing stuff every single weekend. They are. They run, they run more than New Japan in terms of, like, they don't do tours like New Japan does. They just keep running every single week. Um, and I think that does matter. Um, in terms of the U.S. shows, I only have it on the big ones. Yeah. I have saw some people say, like, oh, well, you know, they could bet Capital Collision. I was like, I don't know. That's not, that's not as big as Battle in the Valley. It hasn't been no. presented that way in any way. That's why you're doing a tag title match in the main event. When I was looking up the one of one of which there's only one card announced for one of these shows. The other show has like three matches announced. The other thing is I when I was looking up the cards, Scotty, legitimately, I was like, maybe maybe we shouldn't talk about the collision shows because maybe they're just like a strong taping. And then I forgot. Oh, yeah. Strong doesn't exist anymore. Uh, this is how little I thought of these shows. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a sort of a weekend. You know, it's just taping or whatever. No, these are actual shows. These are legitimate shows. I, 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 but I totally agree with you. They're not hyped up enough compared to like Battle in the Valley at all. No, no. Only on like Battle in the Valley. Capital Collision was a big show last year, but it's not this year. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Strong Style Evolved, I guess. Maybe that'll be a big one again. Yeah. That was a big one once upon a time. Like only the big ones in the US. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to see the IWGP women's champion, whoever it may be, um here in the US more. Yeah. But if it's on a stardom wrestler that's full time, which it hasn't been yet, I'm fine with it being periodically. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it will be I mean it will obviously be eventually. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how long. I think you're right in saying that, like, especially with like Vince McMahon gone, how long Mercedes reign is going to be. You know, have how- I said my Mercedes Monet spiel on the show? You've made spiels before about Mercedes Monet. I don't know what, what is specific. Have I, I said that she has given us the roadmap to her, what her run is going to be. I don't. Recall, she has. I don't recall, but give it to us anyways. So for anyone that remembers, she showed up, of course, at Wrestle Kingdom, and she talks about Azumi, Mimi Mashta, blah, 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 blah. Guess what match she's getting this weekend, folks? Azumi. Okay. Check one. And why her, her, her Bushi Road schedule is ending at the Yokohama Arena show for Star. Okay. Why may that be? And this is all theory. But how else is she going to get the Miu Yamashita match if she's working for Bushiroad? She can't. So, TJPW has some big shows. Potentially a Summer Sun Princess show or something like that. Could be where she goes and gets that match. Um, And then, what has she started to talk about recently, finally? All Elite Wrestling. She has started to talk about. If the Miu Yamashita match happens, I'm 100% sold that the roadmap that she's laid out is as real as it gets. Because she's gotten the Azumi match. Azumi wouldn't be challenging for the IWGP Women's Championship if Mercedes Monet didn't go out of her way to say, I want that match. I think Mercedes Monet is going to get whatever the hell she wants. And that's perfectly fine because she... 
she's Mercedes Monet. There's only one Mercedes Monet. Um, and I think I think there is a roadmap to her success. Mm-hmm. And AEW slash Bushi Road's probably the new end game. Um hopefully more Bushi Road than we've seen because I think she's been great already. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And you know, we didn't mention her at the time, but you know, Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet at all in Wembley Stadium sounds pretty good. Yeah, that'd be a pretty big one. You know, that's a funny thing. Like, you would think that Forbidden Door Mm -hmm. would involve a big match between the IWGP champion and someone from the roster. Um, I don't know if we'll get Mercedes there. I think... With no knowledge, I think it's more likely we have like Kyrie challenge for the AEW yeah, title. Yeah, that's what I think too. I that's what I think. Once you know Kyrie started talking about being a free agent, which he always was, yeah, um, and stuff like that. I think Kyrie's probably your most likely representative. Yeah, and there's a and there's as we know from interviews, there's a number of people that want to wrestle Jamie Hader. I mean, practically everyone's wrestler wants to wrestle Jamie Hader. So, well, helps when someone only asks about you. Next match, uh, six match, New Japan World TV title match, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shota Umino. Uh, this should rock. It should be good. Minutes, but, minutes, little blast here. I liked, I liked their uh, New Japan Cup match a lot, and this will be shorter, so I should like it more. I think Shota Umino needs a shorter match right now, so I'm glad he's getting it here. Yeah, this poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. I don't know why they were like, "Hey, you need to do 45 minutes with Tetsuya Naito," but I will not be forgetting that anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, IWGP Tag Team Title Match: Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto are defending their titles against Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, Aussie Open. Uh, if yes, go ahead. The women's match doesn't get enough time. I think this is your favorite for match of the night. Oh, one hundred percent. I think there's a good chance. Killer. Uh and I would crown new champions. I think it's time. It's time that the Aussies are on top. It's been... I, I've had enough waiting for them to win top titles. I've had enough. They had the New Japan Strong titles for like two seconds. And then they lost them. Um, Aussie Open, to me, right now, is the best tag team in professional wrestling. Not one of the best. The best. Yes. Every single match they have absolutely rocks. This should be that. I expect greatness. I expect excitement. Please, for the love of God, put the tag titles on these two. I I undoubtedly think that is going to be a title change here. No, there's no way there isn't. It's Aussie. It would be shocking. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I'm still shocked that they didn't win the damn World Tag League, but I know why they did it. Yeah. If they didn't have time to give FTR and Aussie Open a big rematch on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And then you can do, I don't know, Aussie Open versus FTR at Forbidden Door. I don't know. Tag uh, champs versus tag champs? I don't know. I don't know. We know, we know New Japan's fine with Aussie Open losing. So. And they're they, fine with... They lose everywhere else. And they're fine with FTR having the titles. And, you know, I'm sure Tony Khan will be fine with Aussie Open having the AEW tag titles. I don't know. 
I know I would be. I don't know. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match: Hiroma Takahashi versus Robbie Eagles. I'm not as huge of a fan of Robbie Eagles as pretty much everyone else. <gasps> um, <gasps> I don't expect this to be as good as the Leo Rush match. So, because I I don't know how much Robbie Eagles is going to challenge Hiromo to be great. Yeah, and I think what you're kind of alluding to is my whole thing about it is that I don't like Hiromo as much as I once. I mean, I didn't really love him, but I didn't like him as much as I did at one point in time. I'm not a big Hiromu guy, but I feel like at this point in time, it really comes down to like bringing it out of Hiromu and like reminding him. And I, I can see where you're coming from with Robbie Eagles is I don't necessarily know how much Robbie Eagles will be able to do that with Hiromu yeah. at this point in Hiromu's career. I don't know what new Robbie Eagles looks like either. That's I also true. Seen any of his TMDK work. So maybe he's a little more, I don't know, like Zach. And maybe that is a good thing Yeah, because they're very similar styles. Um, yeah. He's not as technical, thank God, but um I don't know. It, it should be good. It's just, I don't know if it has the uh, ability to be great. Uh, and this is a slight tangent uh, before we move on to the next main hit event. Him, hit him with it. Uh, wh- how did Lucha Underground never have a match called a as technical match? Is that something as technical? I feel like there's there's something there. I thought this was a real tangent. <laughs> main event. <laughs> <laughs> Main event IWGP World Heavyweight Title Match: Kazuchika Okada versus the uh, New Japan Cup winner Sonata. Uh, we have a question here from uh, XX Ichiban. Again, thank you for your question. The match between Sonata and Okada for me is one of the biggest toss-ups for the IWGP World Heavyweight Title in a while. Who walks away with the win, and who would you like to see be either Okada's next challenger or Sonata's first challenger, presumably at Dominion? Who do you think's gonna feel like it's now or never for Sonata? Mm-hmm. If he was ever going to win the big one, it is secure at Genesis. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you say that? Just feeling, or it's feeling. It's he feels refreshed for the first time ever. Um. There's something there with Sonata that. It makes me think, okay, they've always liked him. One. They let me take a step back. They've always loved him. <laughs> One again. And he's always been the guy on the precipice of he can be great. He can be that main event star. He's very popular. If we were gonna talk about, you know, we were talking about um sales and stuff earlier this. Yeah, merch sales and everything. Episode, but with Cody and stuff. So that was a big merch guy for them. Three. Even if he's not an LIJ anymore, he's still going to be a big merch guy because he's Sonata. Look at Sonata. You get it. Like, he he looks like a main event star. But, and he's just formed this new faction. He won the New Japan Cup. Everything's working for him for this to be the one and only time because he's never getting this all back. That being said, he is running into the buzzsaw that is 2023 Kazuchika Okada. Yes. Which might be the greatest Okada I've ever seen. 
Yes. And I'm saying that in full confidence because he is unbelievable right now. He had a match with Jay White that a lot of people overlooked because of the match that happened before it. That match was phenomenal. And we weren't going to get that without this Okada. Yeah. We saw this Okada go one-on-one with Shingo Takagi and have a great match and a match that Shingo Takagi had no shot of probably of winning. I'm sure they had a great match. Sure, it was great. Yeah. uh He had a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. That reignited their longtime rivalry, even if Tanahashi no chance to win. And then he bullied the fuck out of Kaito Kiyomiya in one of the biggest one-sided defeats I've ever seen, especially since Kaito Kiyomiya went on to lose to Jake Lee. Yeah. This is a different Kazuchika Okada. This is an Okada that's got the dog in him. Let me. I'm going to say this right now. This might be bold. This is the match that will stop Okada, I think, from having a year long. Ooh, if 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 he loses, if he if he wins, there'll be a year long reign. That's what you think? Yes, I think I think, and I think it'll be Will Osprey taking him down mm. at WrestleMania. If it's not, if he loses to Sonata here, they're going all in on Sonata final. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I can't see Okada doing anything but going all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. I, it's not a fear because I'm not necessarily against it as I was as much as the time. But I feel like, especially with the parallels of his former tag team partner, I think there is a chance we get a Sonata win here, a la the evil win over Naito. Of, you know, having the title making him a legitimate guy, you know, winning the world heavyweight title and then taking the title off of him later. Mm. I think that is a legitimate possibility. I'm personally 60, 40 Okada wins. It makes him a guy though, but it would make him a guy. And I think him losing would be like, well then why join the faction? Why join just five guys? You know, why do all this stuff? It's the same thing of evil. Why do House of Torture? You have to be legitimized to a certain extent. And it, he wouldn't be legitimate if he, you know, walked out as a loser. But that's... Cody Rhodes. That's Sonata. That's been Sonata this whole time. That's true. He but... does these things and he walks out a loser. No matter what, this is a big match for Sonata. I don't give a, I don't give a shit if he's winning or losing. Yeah. This is a big match. Um, yes, I like. I I think you're very on track there, and it does kind of go with my thinking of the Okada year long reign or not. Um, I can see Okada beating him again, just like Naito. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like that because it's the same story, but mm. I think it's certainly possible. Mm. I don't know. I, like it, I I think Okada should win. I want to see Okada win because I love in what Okada's doing. If Okada wasn't doing as great as he is now, like, you know, in like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff, Sonata said like, yo, we got to do the new guard and, you know, start getting rid of these old people. But Okada's just doing some of his best work he's ever done in his career. And he's wrestled Omega a bunch of times. You know, this is some of his best work in his entire career. I'm loving what he's doing. I don't want it to stop right now. And Sonata's going to tarnish that a little bit for me. And I don't, yeah. and I don't want that, but I think if you're going to legitimize Sonata, it's here. I don't know where else you do it. Do you put a title on a guy that lost to Manabu Soya this year? <laughs> Great point. Great point. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. I'm here all week. I'm here all week. I, 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 that was the most important point. Um, but yeah, I have, um, I think Okada should win. No mm-hmm. offense to Sonata. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like there's a bigger story being told with Okada than there is Sonata. Of Okada being this unbeatable version, and he's finally taken down by Osprey, the guy that they've clearly tried to build for this spot. Um, but who knows? Who knows, Ryan? Maybe Sonata, maybe Sonata's world champion. Maybe next week we're on the show talking about world champion Sonata. That if it does happen, good for him. That would be fantastic. What when that when he hit the uh shining wizard when he beat David Finley, mm-hmm. I popped out of my chair. You bet your ass I did. Yeah. Little KG Muto spot, baby. Yeah. But I still pick Okada. I want Sonata to do the mist and Okada no sells it and then beats the crap out of him. <laughs> I think I so. always oh my god, if he did the mist. You would you would you would cry. You would fall to your knees and weep. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest story ever told. Scotty weeps. <laughs> I'm already going to be weeping earlier the night that I get my dream match. So why not double weeping? Double weepage? Double, double weepage. God, that's disgusting sounding. Uh, well, we that, that is pretty much. I mean, we only have like uh, eight minutes left in the show. I mean, we have one more question, which isn't really on topic, but we can ask that question before Ooh. we get into it. All right, let's answer it. Is at Kyle Criley. Um, I'm really liking these US slash Japanese indie companies partnering for talent exchanges and joint shows like West Coast Pro with Marvelous and Deadlock with Gato Move. I wanted to highlight how cool this was. Would love thoughts on this and potential suggestions for more partnerships. Totally agree. West Coast Pro is having a show tonight. Um, and they're not, that's not the partnership with Marvelous show. I believe that's the queen of the indie show that the partnering with Marvelous, which that's a huge thing to do. Uh, Deadlock is partnering with Got to Move. They're going to have shows in uh, the, um, I forget the Got to Move arena, quote unquote, is called. But uh, uh, they're having shows there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm liking what they're doing. I also love West Coast Pro, and, and I, I've greatly enjoyed what I've seen from Deadlock. Um, match of the Week spoilers. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of the partnership stuff. But uh, I'm interested to know, Scotty, what your Gotta dog, quiet. what you and your dog think about uh, this uh, upcoming uh, talent exchange sort of stuff, and where you want to see more of that in terms of indie wrestling. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think, I, I, I think it it helps the little companies on both sides of things. Don't mind the dog. The dog's just adorable. Let him, just <laughs> let him. Just let him. Just let him be a dog. He's adorable. Um, yeah, like with what Deadlock's doing, they're doing a great job of kind of bringing in a little bit of everyone, right? They had Shun Skywalker, SB Kento, it, Once Upon a Time. Is it Emi Sakura, the, their women's title holder? Yeah, Emi Sakura has their women's title, which makes the Gato Move thing really cool. Um, they have, uh, they've brought in Miyu Yamashita, Miyuki Takase. Mm-hmm. And with West Coast Pro, right? They're bringing in Marvelous and stuff like that. And I think they're, they're it, having it's allowed... a They're having a whole talent camp where a winner of the talent camp will go and wrestle in Marvelous. Like, yeah, that's huge. Full board and everything, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing everything right. Um, and I think more of it would be appreciated, but only by companies that 
appreciate that side of the business and mm-hmm. what Japan brings to the table. Yeah. Um, like DDT and GCW technically are one, for example. That's uh, true. That's what they do. That's true. So, are there any other indies, U.S. indies that you can think of that you would like to see more? I mean, Defy, I would love to see more of that, more uh, Joshi representation in there. Uh, yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd I feel be like a good one. Um, Prestige. Prestige, another good spot. Prestige would make a lot of sense. Someone just bring all Japan, huh? Yeah. What are we doing? Let's get all Japan. Get me Kento in the U.S., damn it. Who's a good all Japan indie connection? Who would be a good, I mean. Christopher Daniels wrestled there once. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say like West Coast Pro would be a good uh, all Japan connection there. That'd be a good one. That would be give a me, good one. give me, give me Kento and Titus Alexander. I'm trying to think of other Joshi indies. Does Ice Ribbon fit anywhere in the U.S.? Ice Ribbon's like on the brink of trying to still live, so, so I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go with them. <laughs> Seven Night Girls, you can bring uh, Chihiro Hashimoto and Mako Satamura. Who's Mako Satamura work with? Oh, wait, <laughs> does she work anywhere? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about cuts? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, but I think it's a great. I think it's been great, and I think it's helped rejuvenate. I think it's made the best indies the best indies. Yes, like it's certified certified this. it for us. Yeah, Deadlock and West Coast are the best two indies. I would say Defy is up there as well. Defy say. is. I just don't get to watch Defy. <laughs> so. Defy is one of the best indies blocked behind like just insane subscription services that I just don't. Yeah, I mean Deadlock's to. pretty pretty tough too. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. Anyways, all right, all right, chill, 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 chill. Oh my, God. he they have something to say. They have something to say. What are your thoughts on the U.S. Joshi indie scene? What do you think? No, this is nothing? my old boy. This is my old boy Teddy. Oh, He's man. very old. He's not that old. It's like ten, but yeah, for dogs, it's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's wrap up the show. Match of the week and stuff. Match of the week. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Of course, we appreciate you taking time out of your working schedule to listen to us live or listen to the podcast. Again, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it on your podcast player of choice. Uh, we greatly recommend that. I'm off right, work, baby, right. so we're gonna be recording new stuff. We have more stuff coming on the Patreon. You're tied up in the wire patreon.com forward slash count pod there's more stuff coming down there i know that i'm gonna be working on stuff uh, we're gonna be recording stuff as well for ryan hasn't seen anything against so, my will I'm against sure. his will against your dog's will against teddy's <gasps> will uh teddy will be actually teddy will be involved in all further recordings uh we'll have a teddy cam uh, teddy. <laughs> <laughs> um can't promise that but we'll try i guess uh maybe the finale or something um uh scotty uh anything to plug and what was your match of the week Follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. I have an interview with Kyrie coming out today. Whoa. It's a pretty big deal. Must right be here. a that would have been a really hard interview to get, probably, right? I mean there's probably a bunch it was. Probably a bunch it, of people um, probably a bunch of people trying to get that Kyrie interview. Yeah, there wasn't uh as much juiciness to come out of it, but she talked about having a match with Julia, a match with Mercedes Monet, her favorite rival, and stuff like that. So it was fun. Um and match of the week. Match of the week. What did we not talk about? We didn't really talk about any matches. Did I watch any wrestling this week? <laughs> I already know what your match is going to be. And I'm sure if you had not seen it yet, it'll probably be from Ring of Honor. Would be my guess. Uh, yes, the dead crowd match. 
Yeah. Uh, that they yeah, need to probably. do. The, when are we announcing that taping for the New York taping, Tony Khan? When are you announcing that? Come on. Probably Athena and Miyu Yamashita. Yeah, you're probably right. There yeah, um, are very good match that deserves a lot better from the crowd because those two, those two are dropping each other on their heads and kicking each other, and crowd couldn't have given in less of shit, and it made me very sad. I think I saw a tweet saying that that match took place at like eleven thirty-five at night, which that crowd also sucked. Yeah. Anyways. I'm not going to be fully against the crowd because if I had to no, watch a match, I, they sucked on dynamite. So yeah, at 11:35 at night is not good. It's not fun. Um, I'd be dead. <laughs> I follow me on Twitter. I would probably left. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nightsy. I'm going to be working on more stuff. Jesse and I, my fiance Jesse and I, have been doing uh, what we call Survivor Series, which is us uh, talking about the latest season of Survivor. Pretty good season so far. I'm enjoying what we watched, but we were reviewed no, the first. I hate that you said it like that. Survivor series. Well, because he might get screwy, so we call it Survivor. Um, we've talked about Survivor. the first four episodes, I believe, or first three, because the first one was two hours uh, of Survivor, and we'll have more episodes of that of our reviews of of recaps and everything. After that, I'll have some more special stuff now that I'm free from work, the shackles of work, uh, shackles of making an actual living paycheck. Uh, I'll be there. Yes. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm no longer working. So if you could please go to patreon.com forward slash countoutpod and become a member of our Patreon, there will be lots more content coming our way. Uh, so coming your way. So uh, please, if you can, I would greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to the Patreon. Again, patreon.com forward slash countoutpod. My match of the I week. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. My match of the week is from Deadlock Pro, if you can believe it. Uh, from Steel Cage Ooh, Showdown. Guess. Yes, you can. Was it the cage match? It was the cage match. Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo versus Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. At one point in time, Anthony Henry was our like indie wrestler of the January of 2023. Uh, hey, if he got more matches, he would be the indie wrestler of the year. That's true. And he got another match here, and I thought it was really good. It was a blood fest. Uh, Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini bled a crap ton. Um, and Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake just like beat the shit out of them. Uh, so it was pretty good. It was a pretty enjoyable match, I gotta say. So definitely worth it, I would so say. So uh, go hunt that down uh, if you please. Um, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Scotty, I cannot believe we did this uh, around two hours. I'm shocked. I'm proud of us. I am too. I cannot believe. I mean, we did have to cut three worried. topics, but uh, you know, that's fine. Who cares? Hey, if we don't tell anyone, they won't know. That's we true. told everyone. That's so true. I didn't say what the topics were. Did I? I think I might have. I think I said that about Collision, but yeah, you know, yeah, who cares? Anyways, we didn't get a, we didn't get to talk about everything. We'll be back next Sunday. Yes, we'll be back back on Sunday. I believe it was the sixteenth of April. Yeah. Let me double check. That's a holiday for me, by the way. Sixteenth April. What's that holiday for you for? Greek Easter. Greek Easter. Yeah, we celebrate Greek Easter more than we celebrate regular Easter. <laughs> what do you do for what do you do for a Greek Greek Easter? AKA Greek, Greek Hold on one second, one second. A, one second, AKA Greekster. Okay, and then continue. Greekster, and then go ahead. What we do for Easter, but it's Greek. Greek Greekster? Continue. <laughs> I you lost me. And <laughs> the show. End the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. So long, everyone watching the live stream. Eddie says bye. Oh, no, he doesn't. Sorry. He didn't say bye. He wants nothing to do he with this. He wants nothing camera. to do with this. 
Well, Teddy Cam will be a tough thing then. Uh, then that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we thank you all. Have a good Easter. Have a good Greekster. Uh, we'll see you all on the 16th. Um, until then, goodbye, everybody. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Cannot said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. You heard that here. Michael Richards calling <laughs> Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. This picture you've painted for me, I, I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom. Yeah, we don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week, and now I'm in Bullet Club. And here, Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of? I think probably the best matches you've ever seen. That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything. Aha, past us did it, present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at that. us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Countout Network at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe, listen or die. This has been a Countout Podcast. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.